Well, good morning and welcome to Ritz and Road Alliance Church Online. My name is Chris Corbin and I have the privilege and the honor of serving as the pastor here at the church. I want to start by saying we are so glad that you have joined with us this morning, wherever or however you're, you're meeting with us. We know that you have a ton of different options when it comes to church online these days, but we're so encouraged that we can gather together, that we can still be the body of Christ. I was thinking, if you've been encouraged by these messages at all, I just want to invite you to like or share them on Facebook or share them with your friends on whatever social media platform. Send them a link or even just direct them to our website where you can watch these sermons over and over again. If you've just joined us for the first time this morning, we're in a series called Who Are You? And we're exploring how our identity is shaped by the truth of who we are as the followers of Jesus. If you want to check out some of the previous sermons in this series, you can always do that by heading over to Facebook or even to our website, www.ritsonalliance.church. This morning, though, we're going to be continuing to look at the invitation we have as the followers of Jesus to be spirit-filled. And I want to start this morning by asking you a question. And the question is this, have you ever met someone who seemed so deeply connected to God, who seemed to hear the voice of God clearly, or even that they were just so confident and assured that God loved them. And have you ever wondered, why couldn't you be more like them? You know, I'll never forget the time when Amanda and I were headed to Beaver Lodge for the very first time. And for those of you who don't know where Beaver Lodge is, it's a small town about four to five hours north of Edmonton, Alberta. We were traveling there because I was candidating for the position of youth pastor. And as part of our time getting to know the church and the people of the church, we were invited to a couple of small groups. And as we sat there getting to know these people, there were a few things that I will never forget about those nights. The first one is this, is how hard we laughed. I had never encountered people with such genuine joy. I remember during one of the evenings, one of the couples that we were with was sharing about the difficulties they were having with their daughter and how frustrating things were and, and how much they felt at a loss in their own strength. And they sat there and they poured out the, their heart to their group. And at the same time, there was this genuine peace, hope, and joy that permeated the place. The second thing I remember is how clearly they heard the voice of God. During one of the other evenings, the small group that we were with wanted to bless us by praying over us. And so they put us in these chairs and as they were praying over us, their words cut us to the core. The words that they were praying over us were the very things that we were, were feeling and experiencing. It was as though they could clearly see into our souls and they were speaking right to them. Each night before we would head to bed, Amanda and I would recount just how amazing that evening was. Just how much of a blessing it had been to meet these people. And we, we talked about how we had never really encountered anyone like them before. We couldn't quite put our finger on what it was, but whatever it was that they had, we wanted it. We would later come to find out that the it that they had was the filling of the Holy Spirit. And what we've come to learn is that 
Jesus longs to pour out his spirit upon us. And he longs to fill us with his presence in the Holy Spirit. As we look through the scriptures, we see all the different times where the spirit is poured out. And the first time I want to bring you your account to you, uh, for you to think about is when the spirit is poured out on Jesus. When Jesus was being baptized, John gives us this testimony. He says, I saw the spirit come down from heaven as a dove and remain on him. And I myself did not know him, but the one who sent me to baptize with water told me, the one on whom you see the spirit come down and remain on is the one who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. John tells us that the Holy Spirit descended and remained on Jesus when he was baptized. The presence of Holy Spirit is both real and tangible. It is clear and unmistakable both to us and to those who are around us. We next see the Spirit being poured out on the disciples at, at Pentecost. and We looked at that last week. Acts 2 says, When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came in from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Here we see the Holy Spirit of God being poured out on the disciples. And once again, it is the very tangible and manifest presence and the power of God descending upon the believers and filling them. Once again, this tangible presence was both evident to the believers and to everyone around them. In fact, people came from all around to see what was going on. And the reality is it's that the Spirit wants to be poured out on us. The Spirit wants to, be, wants to come and fill those of us who are God's followers. And so as the followers of Jesus, we are invited to be people who are filled with Holy Spirit. Last week, I shared that there, are, there is a difference between receiving the Holy Spirit and being filled with the Holy Spirit. Every single believer, when they put their faith and trust in Jesus, receives the Holy Spirit. He comes and he dwells within us. But scripture is clear that God longs to fill us continuously, over and over again. And so what does that mean for us? What does it mean for those of us who follow Jesus? Well, last week I highlighted two things that happen when we are filled with the Holy Spirit. The first is that there is a bold proclamation of the gospel. And the second is that there are supernatural gifts and signs and divine healings. Now, both of these things are more evident to those who are around us. It is the tangible presence that others can see. They may not know what it is, but they experience it. This is the outpouring of the Holy Spirit filling us in our lives. But today I want us to look at the inward filling of the Holy Spirit. The tangible presence that is evident to us as well. Because there is something that happens inside each one of us as we allow Holy Spirit to come and fill us. So what is it that happens in the life of the believer when they're filled with the Holy Spirit? Well, there's four things I want to touch on. 
The first is that we experience the presence and the glory of God. The second is that we experience a sense of awe and wonder. Next, we experience an undeniable sense of God's love. And the fourth thing I want to touch on is that we experience the abundant life. So let's begin by looking at how we experience the presence and the glory of God. Well, last week we looked at the filling of the Holy Spirit of the disciples on on Pentecost. And not long after the disciples are filled with the Holy Spirit, we actually read about another one of Jesus' followers who was filled with Holy Spirit. In Acts chapter 6, we read about Stephen. And what we learn about Stephen is this, is that he was a man full of God's grace and power. And he performed great signs and wonders among the people. <coughs> Stephen is one of the disciples who's he's out there. He's been filled and he's performing supernatural signs and wonders among the people. But we also learn that some of the religious, religious leaders didn't take kindly to Stephen. And in fact, they begin to argue with him. And in verse 10 of chapter 6, we read that they could not stand up against the wisdom the Spirit gave him as he spoke. Here we see Stephen is empowered by the filling of Holy Spirit, and he is speaking with wisdom and a bold proclamation. Ultimately, the religious leaders, they've had enough of Stephen, and they put him on trial with these trumped-up charges, and they even get false witnesses to come and testify against him. And once again, Stephen then boldly proclaims the gospel message. At this point, the religious leaders are absolutely furious. And they decide that they're going to stone him. They're going to put him to death. And then in Acts chapter 7, we read, But Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, looked up to heaven and saw the glory of God. And saw Jesus standing at the right hand of God. Look, he said. I see heaven open and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. In the midst of persecution, Stephen is filled with the Holy Spirit. And at that very moment, he sees the very real and the very tangible presence of God. When we are filled with Holy Spirit, we have a very real sense of God's presence and His glory in our lives. It's in this moment that the Holy Spirit makes real to us all of the things that we have believed about Jesus by faith. There's this assurance that what we have believed is true because we have actually seen his presence and his glory. In a similar way to experiencing the presence and the glory of God, there is also this sense of awe and wonder. Now, I'm not talking about the awe and wonder that we find in nature. I'm certain that many of us have talked to people who would say that they experience the presence of God and they find themselves in awe of God when they are surrounded by the majesty of creation. I'm certainly one of those people. I love being outside in God's creation, experiencing the beauty of all all of nature that is around us. And I often find myself in awe. But the sense of awe that I'm referring to when I speak of the filling of the Holy Spirit is slightly different. It's the same kind of awe that we see in the prophet Isaiah when he has the vision of the throne room of God. In Isaiah 6 it says, In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord high and exalted, 
seated on a throne, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Just take a moment to pause there and to think about how amazing that vision would have been. And in response to the the throne room, to the presence of God, Isaiah says this. He says, Woe to me! I am ruined, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips. And my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. We can also look at Moses and the encounter with the burning bush and the awe that he has. It's the same kind of awe that we see in in John, in the book of Revelation. When John says, when I saw him, I fell at his feet as though dead. Or even Paul on his journey to Damascus when the voice of God speaks to him and he falls to the ground. When the Holy Spirit comes and fills us, we are left in complete awe of who he is, of who God is. The next thing that happens when we are filled with the Holy Spirit is we experience an undeniable sense of God's love. This is so amazing. You see, on one hand, we have this understanding and this experience of the glory and the greatness and the presence of God. And as we enter into his presence, we're actually left in this state of awe and wonder. And yet, sometimes we're just like Isaiah and we have an awareness of our own brokenness, our sinfulness, or even our unworthiness to be in the very presence of God. And yet at the same time, on the other hand, there's this overwhelming understanding that comes over you, that God truly loves you. That all of the passages in the Bible where it says that for God so loved the world, they resonate with us deep down into our core and our very soul and our spirit. You know, there's something wonderful about knowledge, and I am a huge fan of learning and growing. But you can have studied the scriptures. You can read them. You can memorize them. You can hear them preached. And yet you can still never have the full assurance that God loves you. We wrestle with this. In Romans 8, chapter, or yeah, in Romans chapter 8, verse 15, it says, The spirit you received does not make you slave so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship, and by him we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. What Paul is telling us there is that when we put our faith and trust in Jesus, when we believe in him, receive the Holy Spirit, And we have a knowledge that God loves us. That he loves us as his own children. But I have often found that many times we still have that lingering doubt in the back of our mind. Could God really truly love me? And yet when the Holy Spirit comes and fills us, there is no room for doubt. The Holy Spirit gives us a full and complete assurance. He testifies to us the truth of God's love. And in that moment, we are left with an undeniable sense of his love for us. There is no room for doubt. The next thing that we experience is the abundant life. And this really is the inevitable result of experiencing the glory and awe of God. 
And it's about the knowing without a doubt the immeasurable love that God extends towards us. And when that happens, we can't but help be filled with this abundant life. And some of the, mark, the markers of what the abundant, life, the abundant life looks like are these. First, we find that there is an increased hunger for God's word. Ephesians 1 tells us, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. There's also an increase in joy and freedom. Peter tells us, though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and you are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. A joy that is beyond words, an increase in that freedom of life. There's also an increase in the Christ-like character of, our, of who we are, i.e. the fruit of the Spirit. In Galatians 5, Paul tells us, the fruit of the Spirit so the result of the Spirit indwelling and filling us is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. When the Holy Spirit comes upon us, there is an increase in our burden for the lost and our boldness to be witnesses for his kingdom. There is also an increase in authority and the outflowing of the supernatural gifts of the Spirit. We recognize that God is with us and that he means what he says when we will do the same things and even greater than he does. And we will also see an increase in our victory over sin and over Satan. You see, when you experience the filling of the Holy Spirit, you can't help but change. When you encounter the presence of God and you are filled with this awe and this wonder, and you have this undeniable sense of God's love for you, as you experience all of the rest of the abundant life, his joy, his peace, the fullness of the fruit of the Spirit, you can't help but become holy. You want to repent. You want to be made clean. And you have this victory over the sin in your life. This is what sanctification is, is as you experience more and more, you just become more and more like Christ. There's an illustration that I like to use to help you understand what I mean about the abundant life. And it's to compare a faucet to a fire hose. You see, when we receive the Holy Spirit, when he comes and indwells within us, it's like a faucet that's running. You know, sometimes it might only be open a crack. We only give the Spirit a little bit of room to operate. And, and so his presence and his change in our life is more like a drip, drip, drip. And sometimes we open it up. We, we allow him to have a little bit more room and freedom in our life. And, and so the faucet is sort of flowing at half power. The sink begins to fill up a little bit faster. And sometimes the faucet is open all the way and the Spirit is flowing God is moving in us. There's change happening. But the filling of the Spirit, or the baptism of the Spirit, as it's sometimes called, is more like getting a drink from a fire hose. Have you ever tried to drink from a fire hose? You just get knocked over. Talk about abundance. That's what the filling of the Holy Spirit is like. And so I don't know about you, but all of these things... I want to experience more of them. 
I want to experience more of the presence and the glory of God. I want to experience more awe and more wonder at His glory and His grace, His majesty. And I want to sense more of His love, more of His fruit, the peace and the joy. I want to experience more victory. Plain and simple, I want more Holy Spirit in my life. One of the questions, though, that we need to ask ourselves is this. What is stopping me from experiencing the filling of the Holy Spirit? Some of the common blockages that we experience to being filled are these. And the first one is a lack of knowledge. Oftentimes we just simply have not been taught about Holy Spirit. Growing up personally, my experience and my understanding, what I was taught was Father, Son, and Holy Bible. Certainly the Spirit was part of the, the, the Trinity. But we had more of a focus on the sanctity of the Bible. The second blockage that we sometimes have is our pride. We're just simply satisfied with what we have. We don't want more of God. Sometimes it's our unbelief or our doubt. And we may not even believe that God can or wants to fill us. Another blockage is our sin. We just don't even leave room for God to come and fill us. And the last one is our fear. And there are all types of fears that we have. One of the fears that we have is a fear of counterfeits. We're afraid that we're going to be deceived. But A.B. Simpson has this great quote. He's the founder of the Christian and Missionary Alliance. And when he's speaking about this fear of the counterfeits and when it comes to the feeling of the Holy Spirit, he says, some people get so afraid of him, meaning the devil, that they almost fear to let the Lord have right of way in his own meetings they dread fanaticism or the dread of fanaticism has kept a good many well-meaning people from the baptism of the holy spirit he says let us come boldly and take all that god has for us and trust god to keep the counterfeit away one of the other fears that we might have is a fear of the unknown i don't know what it's going to look like so i would rather just stay away Sometimes it's a fear of losing control. We, we have this desire to control every aspect of our lives. We don't want to give that control over. Sometimes it's a fear of our sins. What is it that God is going to reveal about my brokenness and sinfulness to others? Sometimes it's a fear of man. What are other people going to think of me? Am I going to be the next crazy person? Fear of the unknown again. Sometimes it's an unhealthy fear of God. What is he going to do to me? What is he going to ask me to do? You know, just this past week I was reading in Ezekiel how God asked him to lay on his side for 390 days and then on his other side for 40 days. And as we read those things, we think, God, you're go is he going to make me do crazy things? And yet, all of these things, they, they keep us from experiencing the filling of Holy Spirit in our lives. But as I, as I think about the things that happen in our life, when we invite Holy Spirit to fill us, the very presence of and glory of God, this sense of awe and wonder, an undeniable sense of His love for you, the abundant life, all of those things far surpass anything I could possibly be afraid of. And God wants to be present in your life. 
He wants to show up and to pour his spirit into you. He wants to fill you to overflowing for you to drink from the fire hose. The next question really is, once again, how can we be filled with the Holy Spirit? The first thing is that we must be empty. And what I mean by this is that we must be right before God. We first and foremost need to receive Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior and confess our sins. Secondly, we have to be hungry and thirsty. We have to want it. We must be desperate for it. Jesus says, let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. Third thing is we must ask. If you want more of God in your life, if you want to experience the filling of Holy Spirit, the simplest way I know is simply to ask, to position yourself to receive it. Invite other people to pray. We see that in scripture, the laying on of hands. But Jesus tells us, he says, I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks find, finds and the one who knocks, the door will be opened. And then finally, we just have to wait upon the Lord. We ask him to come and to fill us and we trust that he will show up. And so this morning there is an invitation for you to come and to seek the Holy Spirit, to invite him to come and to fill you up. Let's take a moment and let's pray together. Father, we come to you and we are thankful for your love and for your grace. We thank you first and foremost that you would send Jesus Christ to die for us, that we can be in a right relationship with you. But then, Lord, I thank you that you have sent your Holy Spirit to dwell within us, that you long to fill us to fullness over and over again with your presence. That we would have a very clear experience of your presence. That we would come in awe and wonder and that we would have this undeniable sense of your love for us. That we would experience your abundant love. So we come with open hands and open hearts. And we invite you to fill us today, Holy Spirit. Would you come and would you be glorified? And I pray this in Jesus' holy name. Amen.